Good morning and welcome to Spencerville Sabbath School. And I'm joined once again with my friend Frank Hazel, Dr. Frank Hazel, who is one of the principal contributors of the Sabbath School lesson, along with his cousin Michael Hazel, yes. who is a doctor and a professor at Southern Adventist University. And Frank and I have been going each week, week by week, through the lessons of this uh, second quarter uh, study, which is how to interpret Scripture. And it has been a true joy for me to be able and to engage me. with you, yes. Frank, and to learn from Frank. Um, I had someone text me and tell me, man, this is really smart. And they said, and when I mean smart, I mean Chad, the guy on your left. So... Uh, <laughs> So it's been fun, though, and we're having a great time. Today we are studying Lesson 7, and then next week we will study Lesson 8, and we're just going to continue on through this and uh, in, through the quarterly. I think we might be here. I, it looks like. <laughs> it looks like we might be here. And so uh, we're continuing on through the quarterly. And, and Frank, I really appreciate you giving us of your time, uh, oh, giving your time to us. I enjoy this. it. I so enjoy it as well. It's been a blessing. And so, as we do uh, every week, I'm going to ask Frank to begin with a word of prayer. Sure. Gracious Lord, we um, want to talk about words and the power of words and the meaning of words. And your word has been written in different words, with words. So let us understand um, how words influence the meaning of what we read, the meaning of the Bible, and how we can gain a deeper understanding of some of the words that are used in the Bible as we study this week's lesson. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So lesson seven, language, text, and context. And as Frank just gave away in his prayer, we're going to probably focus a heavy deal on, on Tuesday Hmm. I mean, on, yeah, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, well, actually, Monday and Wednesdays uh, lessons, uh, as we always do, we don't study the entirety of the lesson. We pick out certain components that, that we want to discuss, and, yeah. and we break those down, which is why I would encourage you to make sure that you're not just using this as your Sabbath school time, hmm. and that you're not just using this as your study time but you get the Bible out for yourself, yeah. you get the lesson yes. out for yourself, the quarterly out for yourself, and study it on your own, you'll be tremendously blessed. But lesson seven, language, text, and context. Frank, one of the most surprising things to me when I first read on the very first page is that there are 6,000 languages, which I have to admit I didn't know the, that mm -hmm. number. There's about 6,000 mm -hmm. languages. And that the entire Bible is only translated in 600 languages. We're only 10% of the Entire yeah, believe Bible. it or not, there is still room for Bible translators, and there are, there are actually societies that do translate Bible into different languages that to this day have no Bible translation, you know, or only parts of the Bible, yeah. not the entire Bible. And so, yeah, that, there, is, there is still work to be done. That is good for us to know, because when we get those things in the mail, you know, contribute to this Bible society, that's helping to go towards some of those languages, right? Yeah, we don't appreciate that so much, because in the English language, we have several Bible translations. Yeah. We have a surplus, almost. We have a variety to choose from, 
But there are other language groups, uh, large language groups, that are not as privileged, and they have not access to the Word of God as we do it. I, I, I think I read somewhere that in the average Christian home, there are seven and a half Bibles. Now, I don't, <laughs> they get that half, of course, from their, from their the way it's, the math works out, but, but on average, about seven Bibles in a Christian home, yes. which is amazing, in, in, in North America. And, and many know the Bible outwardly, but yeah. not inwardly. Yes, you know? <laughs> they're dusty. All those seven and a half are sometimes dusty. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Sunday uh, and, and the introduction of Sunday as much, except for the fact that I do want to point out that I think it's so interesting, maybe, Frank, you have a comment on this as well, that, that God's timing is always perfect. Hmm. You know, we read the story of Babel, Hmm. The Tower of Babel. And, and God confuses the language hmm. so the people don't harm themselves, basically. Yes. Ruin their society. Mm -hmm. But then we come to the time of the apostles and the time of Jesus. And even the Bible tells us that just the right time Jesus came and died for us, you know. But, but, but the Word of God really took root in many ways at this point in time because mm -hmm. there was a common language, mm. Greek, and... That was spoken in the entire ancient world, uh, the Roman Empire, basically. Yeah. It's not just that uh, language was spoken there, um, but you had also um, uh, uni unified economy. You had a legal system that was working in, in the entire Roman Empire. Pax and, Romana. Yes, and so several factors came together that helped to spread the word. And uh, in, in, a, in a way, at Pentecost, God reversed the Babylonian language, the Tower of Babel, yeah. uh, you know, experience and helped the disciples, the few disciples, to speak in other languages yeah. that they were not trained before, but in other ancient known languages to proclaim the good news. And it really helped they put some roots into the Christian church yes. for it to spread. Yes. It's such, such a beautiful thing. That's why I got off of, off of Sunday. But I want to go to Monday and Tuesday. All right. Because words and their meanings. Now, yeah. we, we in the last two lessons actually referenced the idea of like encouraging people to um, study other languages, mm -hmm. and we even talked about a class you'll one day teach here at Spencerville <laughs> to help people. That's what you suggested. <laughs> <laughs> to help people uh, learn languages. But, but unpack this, this first. We're, we're going to dig a little deeper, and then you're going to give us a caution later, but, but unpack uh, the importance of words and their meanings and, 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 and how the Bible paints these pictures with words. Yeah. I think uh, the beauty of the biblical message is that if you really give the Bible a chance to explain itself, if you really look at the entire biblical record and how the biblical writers used certain words and terms, you will gain a deeper understanding of some of the words and their meaning. So we might be used to hear certain English words and we have a certain understanding of what that might mean. But uh, if you see how these words are used in the original languages even, or in different contexts in the Bible, you'll see that the same word sometimes has a very different meaning. Mm -hmm. 
Now let me give you an example that is not even in, in, the, in the Sabbath school yes. lesson. So in the New Testament, the, uh, Paul uses the word law. Mm -hmm. now, when we talk about law, what do we mean by law? Mm -hmm. So we automatically think about Ten Commandments. Yeah. And that indeed is one meaning of the word nomos, law. Yeah. And in some places he uses that same word nomos for the Ten Commandments. Yeah. But then there are other commandments than the Ten Commandments in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. So you have the ceremonial law. Yeah. And he uses the same word nomos for sections that clearly uh, reference the ceremonial law yeah. and not the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And then he uses the same word law for the entire Pentateuch, the, the entire five books that Moses wrote. Yeah. And it's called the law. Yeah. So what law are we talking about? Yeah. It's only the context in which a word is used that will give you a better understanding what meaning is associated with that particular word. And that's the case with many other words in the Bible as well. And it gives a richness to it. By and a richness to it. So, so another beautiful example that is listed here in, 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 the, in the Monday lesson uh, is the word shalom. Yeah. That's the Hebrew word for peace. Now when we talk peace, we usually think about peace, a state of um, nonviolence where we stop fighting. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of peace. Yeah, yeah. But the biblical word shalom has a much broader a meaning than just that. It's not just the absence of violence yeah. and, and harm and strife. For, for them, shalom means a state of harmony. It's a state of well-being. Yeah. It's a state that was uh, originally in the Garden of Eden, where God and human beings could mingle together and, and, and be together without any interference. So when, when they, we talk about shalom, peace, it's not just they are not fighting. Yeah. It's, a, a, it's a statement that you I wish you well. Self. You know, I, I, I want you to thrive. I want you to, to, uh, to be successful. And uh, actually the beautiful thing about the shalom for me is that the Jews, when the Sabbath comes, yeah. they greet the Sabbath with the word Shabbat Shalom. Yeah. So there's a Sabbath peace, but it's not just peace, it's a, a state of harmony where God invites us to come back to the origin, to how it was originally yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, intended. It's an invitation into relationship yes. more than just saying, let's not fight. Yes, yes, yeah. That's, that's yeah. wonderful. I, I love that. Um, and what I like, though, too, is about what, you, what we were saying, though, is even... We, we put a lot of emphasis on the, on the original languages, and we both value that, and we think others should value that as well. But, but what I like, too, is that one of the points you all make on Monday is even if you only have the, the Bible in your language, English or whatever it may be, if you read the Bible as a whole, you start to get a picture of this because the context of all these things give the words yes. their further meaning. So it can say peace here and peace here and peace here, but you get yeah. a richness to what that peace is about when you look at it within the context. And if you want to do that without having the knowledge of the original languages, Hebrew and Greek, yeah, yeah. you can still uncover uh, significant uh, parts of that meaning. Yeah. If you use... Um, a translation, a Bible translation yeah. that is quite literal. 
There are some, some modern Bible translations that are, that are very free. Yeah. They might be smoother in reading, yeah. not as, uh, as, as word by word. Yeah. But if you really want to study your Bible, go with a Bible translation that uh, is faithful to the words, where words usually are translated the same way. And, and when you, you say faithful, say, let's just clarify that. You don't mean that one that is smoother is not a good Bible. You're talking about, uh, you're talking more about um, an exactness so that you can understand that I'm talking about meaning. exactness, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and a more literal yeah, Bible yeah. translation, let's say the New American Standard Bible, yes. is a more literal translation. If you were to take uh, Peterson's uh, The Message, yeah, yeah. that would be a more... Um, Flowing. Well, that's a paraphrase. A it's paraphrase. Not even a translation. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it reads very nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you want to do a word study, yeah. it will not help you much. Well, it's like a lot of preachers will preach out of the NIV, but I know personally they study the New American or the mm -hmm. English Standard. Mm -hmm. They study something that maybe doesn't have the same flow. They preach with the thing that has the flow, and they'll bring in those. those yes, words. and even if you don't know Hebrew or Greek, you know it's it's always good to have different Bible translations yeah, yeah, yeah. available, yeah. so that you can read the same Bible passage and in different yeah, yeah. and compare it, and then you'll see, oh, there's a, a slight variation here. Why? Why oh, that? okay, yeah. that's gives you a, a little indication. And I think we've hit on some of that even in yeah. our in our when we've because I've said, well, this word is here mm -hmm. in this, but mm -hmm. in, in in others, it's it's this. Um, Let's go to the repetition. This is Tuesday, the mm -hmm, repetition mm -hmm. of word patterns and meaning. And I, and I, told, uh, I told Frank <laughs> that, I, that I knew he didn't write this one, right? That's and right. Did. And the reason <laughs> I knew he didn't write it was because I took Hebrew from, I took Hebrew and Old Testament from his cousin, mm -hmm. Michael, mm -hmm. uh, at Southern, and I recognize some of the things in this, in this passage. But, but I want us to read here Genesis 1, 26 and 27 uh, to, to, to look at this point. And while we're turning there, by the way, you want to watch next week's because I am so excited as we talk somewhat about the foundation of Genesis. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, uh, why don't you go ahead and read that for us, Frank? Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. All right. Now, there's a couple different things of repetition in this text. One is... There's the repetition of likeness in our image, in our likeness. There's this repetition of, of the design of man. Mm -hmm. But there's also the repetition of creation. Mm -hmm. Now talk about the value of repetition in the Hebrew mind and in the Hebrew context of language. Well, um, it's if, not stuttering as like a preacher no, repeats himself no, no, and they no, say no, that no. preacher just repeats actually, himself. Actually, there are, there are several aspects that are important here. If you read a passage and you see that a certain word is repeated several times, mm -hmm. it automatically tells you something must be important here. That's why the writer repeats the same word, the yeah. same phrase, the same. 
So um, look out for those things that are repeated because it tells you this is important. Yeah. This is something that he wanted to emphasize. Now, with the Hebrew language, there is uh, one thing that is a little different from the English and even the German and other modern languages. If we want to emphasize something uh, in a sentence that we say and we write it, you have at the end of the sentence not just a period, a full stop, as the British say, you have an exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the exclamation mark tells you this is important. Yes. Stop. Stop here. Yeah, yeah. Now, in Hebrew, there is no exclamation mark. So if the Hebrew writer wanted to emphasize something, he would repeat the same word. Yeah. And every time you see the same word repeated right after each other, it's like an exclamation mark that tells the reader immediately, this is important. It's like a crescendo. Yes. In music. It's like you're building. Yes. So um, in the New Testament, let's say in the New Testament, you have, um, you have several phrases where Jesus says, amen, amen, verily, verily, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time he repeats that, everybody knew what Pay he attention. says. Pay attention. This is important. Or he says, Martha, Martha, you know, yeah. you've been so busy preparing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And immediately Martha knew what he's telling me now is important. Or he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who wanted to, to persecute yeah, the, yeah. The, the prophets. The you know, prophets, I tried yeah. to gather you like a hand uh, gathered the chicks. Yeah. So everybody knew his statement about Jerusalem. This is important. Yeah. So whenever you have a repetition of words like that, you, you know that's the Hebrew way of emphasizing th something. Now, the, the, the interesting part is there is one repetition that is kind of the, uh, the most important is when the same word is repeated three times. And you have that only very few, uh, in wow. very few places. But one of them is where one of the attributes of God is repeated three times. Or which attribute is that? Is that holy? Holy, holy, holy. And to me, this is so interesting. So God didn't put that in the Bible just so we'd have a pretty song someday to sing? It's, no? it's not just because we it's like to sing that song. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he wants to point out this is the most important aspect in my character, is my holiness. Wow. And it's, it's interesting. God is love, yeah. but you never see love, love, love. But you see... The Beatles holy. sang that. Love, love, <laughs> yeah, love. Yeah. They, they, they sang repeated it yeah, three times. But God says, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. holy. And holy. It's, I think the holiness of God is the foundation of every other uh, character trait that God has. You know, if it wow. were not for his holiness, his love would Couldn't be Couldn't be trusted. His love would be just sentimentalism. Wow. If it were not for his holiness, his um, omniscience... You know, think about holiness means he is free, completely free of every evil thing. Yeah. He doesn't even think evil. So he's pure. He means, means well. So if he is omniscient, he knows everything, yeah, yeah. but he is not holy. Yeah. You would not trust that person. Mm. If, if he is omnipotent, he can do everything, but he is not holy. 
He's not free from every evil thing. He's a tyrant. Wow. Nobody would want to worship him. So his holiness, really, is the foundation of everything else there is about God. And that's why it is so important and why that's the only trait that is repeated three, three times. times. In the Old Testament, you have it also in the last book. Yeah, in Revelation as mm -hmm. well. Well, that's that powerful. So, so repetition one is if you see it, pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. If it's back-to-back -back three times, that's, there's a whole, that's, whole other level yes, to, yes, that, the, yes, to that yes. power of things. Um, and, and we see here that, that this would, and we're going to touch on this in the next lesson, so I don't want to jump into that too much, but, but just a little hint. Creation is a big deal to God. Oh, yes. <laughs> And yeah. the idea of him as creator, because here in, in this text that we just read, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, uh, where it r repeats three times that God created, God created, but every time God is the subject. In mm -hmm. other words, mm -hmm. he's the one defined mm -hmm. as the creator, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is very important too. There's a repetition there of not just the singular word, but, but who is the chach. You know, yeah, we are put into yeah. a relationship with him. We, we, are, we are not independent of God. Yeah, yeah. We, we need him in order to be truly human. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so wonderful. Now, let me, let yeah, me, go. let me just. I, uh, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to say this. We're, we're, we're only going to take a few minutes. I want you to talk about now the danger of just getting obsessed with words. singular words. Yes. Well, words are important, obviously. Yeah, we got I mean, the, excited the, the, about it. The, the Bible is written with words. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. if you want to understand the meaning, you, you need to, to study the words. And a good way to do that is if you have a concordance. A yeah. concordance is a book where basically you find uh, key words and the reference where these words occur in which verse. And you can study the Bible very beautifully with a concordance. Mm -hmm. Now, some people think if they want to study uh, the meaning of a particular word, they just go to the concordance. Yep. You, you, you can have electronic concordances on your iPad mm -hmm. and your, your smartphone and uh, printed ones. And you just look up every single occurrence where that work, uh, word occurs, and, and that will give you the meaning and unfolds the meaning what the Bible tells you about. And that is true. But that is not the complete picture. Yeah. Use the example you gave. I'll, I'll give you an example. Where in the Bible does the Bible talk about sin for the first time? In Genesis. Genesis. Oh, very well. So where in Genesis does the Bible talk about sin for the first time? Uh, Genesis 3. Genesis 3, exactly. Now, if you go to Genesis 3 and you read the entire chapter, the word sin is not in there. Nowhere. It's, it's not used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet chapter 3 tells us about the fall. Chapter 3 it tells... It lays the foundation to understand what it, sin is. It's, it's the foundational chapter that tells us how sin started and how everything Got fell into sin. Yeah. And, and without that chapter, something important would be missing. Now, if you just go with the concordance, you would never end up in chapter 3. Yeah. So it tells you something. The Bible can t tell us something and can teach us even something without using that particular word or term. You yeah. know, just because a word is not used yes. 
doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't speak about this. Yeah. Just go to chapter 3. Chapter 3 tells us about the fall, yeah. tells us how sin started, and yet the word sin never is used in chapter 3. Yeah. So it tells you we have to think a little broader than yeah. just going by the words themselves. That is that's so true. Thank you, Frank. I love <laughs> that emphasis, and, and earlier off-camera, Frank shared that. I said, we got to talk about that. Because I can be one that gets obsessed with the words. And, and I do know a lot of people, too, that will say, oh, yeah, I wanted to study this, so I went and looked up all the times that was used. Mm -hmm. And while there's value to that, you're missing the picture. And also then sometimes you, you might fall in the temptation of proof texting things yes. and not building a sound theology. Yes. yes. Uh, and the sound theology yeah. comes all yeah. the way, right? Yeah. Am, I, yeah. am I correct yeah. in that? Yeah. yeah. I think... In all of our study, and what, we're ba what you're basically doing right there is you're telling people, study the whole word. Don't just study. Exactly. Study and, the whole Bible. And you will see, you know, if, if you really um, read the Bible and study the Bible, let's say with, with uh, the subject of sin, you want yeah, to find yeah. out, you'll, you'll find, oh, this chapter actually tells me a lot about sin, even though the word is not there. Yeah. And this is with different parts of the Bible as well. So if you study that, you will gain a broader understanding of the biblical message yeah. than just being limited to the very words that are used for, to express a certain a subject. Well, it's like Samson, you know. <laughs> uh, we, we look at his whole life and we can see themes of pride and we see themes of, of disrespect of parents and authority, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. even though those words aren't used. Yes, yes, yes. But they're yes. in there, That's, yes. you know, but we read it through that, that story. Mm -hmm. Um, really, this whole quarterly is about, I mean, it's, it's how to interpret the scriptures. Mm -hmm. But it could also be, hey, you, go study your Bible. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably not as catchy yes. a term, but oh, it could oh, be something oh, like, hey, yeah. you, go study your Bible. Yeah, and, and the good thing is you can, you can start reading the Bible anytime. Yeah. And if you've stopped reading the Bible... It's always possible to start again. It's always it's you can never always too pick late. It back up. That's a great place to end. <laughs> yeah. So we want to pause there, and I want to encourage you to read your Bible. Yes. Uh, but I do want to encourage you to come back next week and and watch next week's lesson because I am super excited about it. There's some. They tell me they want me to stick with a half hour. I'm going to try on, <laughs> on next week. But we, uh, we did stick with a half hour today. But, but come back next week and join us. But in the meantime, we're going to end here, and we would encourage you to do what Frank just said. If you haven't done it in a while, put everything else Sorry, down. Yes. Pick up your Bible and spend some time reading mm -hmm. and see how accessible it is and also how beautiful the Word of God is and how much it can change and impact your life. Yes.